0: And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. On Thursday morning, USDA released its Grains and Oilseeds Outlook in its Ag Outlook form for 2023, and they called for higher planted acreage of corn, soybeans, and wheat. According to USDA, quote, The initial expectation for 2023 planted area indicates growth in total planted area of corn, wheat, and soybeans relative to the previous year. Combined acreage for the three crops is projected at 228 million acres, a nearly 3% increase from 2022. Prices for all three crops are projected to be lower than 2022 but remain elevated relative to historical averages over the past 10 years. Now, among the three main crops, wheat area projected to increase the most in response to continued high global prices and tight U.S. and global supplies, partially due to the ongoing war in Ukraine. Soybean area is expected to remain about the same as in 2022. Demand for soybeans in the United States expected to be driven by stronger demand for domestic crush, largely driven by growth in biofuel use, while exports likely face competition from continued production growth in South America. During the 23-24 marketing year, corn planted areas projected to increase about 3% relative to last year when plantings were affected by weather-related delays and prevented planting in key producing regions of the U.S., Now, also, we saw the Outlook Forum report set corn yield at 181.5 bushels an acre versus 173.3 last year, soybean yield at 52 bushels an acre versus 49.5 last year, and wheat yield at 49.2 bushels an acre versus 46.5 last year. The average twenty-three twenty-four farm price for corn projected at 5.60 a bushel, down from 6.70 last year. Soybeans: the projection is $12.90 a bushel, down from $14.30 last year. And the wheat price projection is $8.50 a bushel, down from $9.00 last year brazil is suspending beef exports to china they'll be halted after a case of mad cow disease was confirmed in the northern state of para the country's agriculture and livestock ministry said on wednesday the suspension is part of an animal health pact previously agreed upon between china and brazil according to a report from reuters the suspension expected to be temporary now it is a blow to brazilian farmers as china is the main destination for brazil's beef exports According to the Reuters report, Minister Carlos Favaro said, quote, all measures are being taken immediately at each stage of the investigation and the matter is being handled with total transparency to guarantee Brazilian and global consumers the recognized quality of our meat, end quote. Now, a case of the disease formerly called bovine spongiform encephalitis was confirmed earlier by PARA's Agricultural Defense Agency. The agency said in a statement, the symptomology indicates that it is the atypical form of the disease which appears spontaneously in nature, causing no risk of dissemination to the herd and to humans, end quote. Now, in 2021, two cases of BSC triggered a suspension in beef exports between Brazil and China, and that lasted more than three months. A decree from Mexico's government said they would ban GMO corn imports from the U.S. by January 2024. However, the government accelerated that timeline by implementing a partial ban on GMO corn for certain food uses on February 17th. Brian Keel, Executive Director of Farmers for Free Trade, says it's a confusing situation.
1: On one hand, they seem to be walking back from the idea that they would prohibit GMO corn used for commercial purposes, so for feed or for fuel, which is 80% of our corn exports, so that's the good news. But the bad news is 20% of our corn exports to Mexico are for food and they've just thrown a big monkey wrench in the works. If the
0: ban is allowed to stand, anyone wanting to ship corn into Mexico will have to start over.
1: Mexico is saying people are going to have to reapply for the export permits that allow the corn to come into Mexico for food use, which means farmers who have corn in the bins here in the U.S. or who are trying to decide to plant this year, all of that's now in turmoil because no one knows exactly what's going to happen and the risks are pretty substantial.
0: Keel says this goes against every thing in the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. They're risking a pretty significant trade
1: war with the United States based on the fact that Obrador put his signature on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. And U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement commits the three countries, U.S., Mexico, and Canada, to science-based standards. And it does not appear that Mexico's using science-based standards here. It looks like they're saying, well, we don't like GMOs, and therefore we're going to start interfering with your exports. And that's not allowed under U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement.
0: Keel says if the full ban goes into effect, it will cost U.S. farmers a lot of money, but the impact won't stop there.
1: We, in 2021, exported $4.7 billion dollars of corn to Mexico. So your low end estimate would be 20% of that. So just for rounding purposes, let's say a billion dollars of corn is affected. But of course, the impacts are much bigger than that because you talk about supply chain disruption. If a farmer planted in 21, let's just say, and, and they still have corn in the bin, can that corn be put into a supply chain that ultimately has it end up in Mexico? Well, no. And corn, it's not like selling an avocado where you can trace where the avocado is going. I mean, corn gets blended in from multiple different farms and we'll go down to Mexico and Mexico potentially will block it.
0: And again, that is Brian Keel with Farmers for Free Trade. Well, the Farm Bill funding squeeze is worse than many expected on the heels of a recent Congressional Budget Office estimate of SNAP spending over the next 10 years. The CBO had already pegged USDA's 10-year SNAP spending hike at a quarter of a trillion dollars, setting off alarm bells for Farm Bill writers. Then CBO upped its projection based on USDA's administrative power to further update SNAP benefits under the Thrifty Food Plan Food Basket. Iowa Ag Senator Joni Ernst.
1: A lot of us are very shocked at the CBO score that came out, and the CBO had raised his cost estimate for SNAP by ninety-three billion over the next ten years
0: bringing the total food stamp hike to one-third of a trillion dollars through 2034, signaling a slow return to normal levels. USDA Deputy Undersecretary for Food, Nutrition and Consumer Services, Stacey Dean. I do expect that SNAP will return back as we see participation fall in response to a a stronger economy. That does take longer amongst low-income households. We saw that after the Great Recession, too. And that's not good enough for Indiana Senator Mike Braun. The thrifty food plan increased by over 21 percent, and it's now going to shove the farm bill into over a trillion dollar trajectory over the next 10 years. I think for anybody listening out there, it's unsustainable. Just 18 percent of the next farm bill is now expected to go to farm related programs, the rest for nutrition, and Braun argues farmers are the ones who produce the nation's food. And finally, here on American Ag Today, the National Corn Growers Association has announced Neil Kasky as their new CEO. He served as NCGA's Vice President of Communications. He'll begin the role of CEO on Monday. NCGA President Tom Haig says Neil's experience in agriculture is extensive, and he is well known as someone who gets the job done well. Kasky has served as NCGA's Vice President of Communications and Industry Relations for over four years, spent over a decade promoting agricultural issues as Executive Vice President president at OBP Agency, and has also spent time at the American Soybean Association. That's going to do it for American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.